0: Welcome to the Venture Church podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Listen, we want to welcome all of you that are right here on campus. We also want to say a quick welcome to those of you watching online. We know it's raining outside and everything's going on with the holidays. And so whenever you listen to this message, We're so glad you're here. Now, today's a little bit different in that we're calling today a campus rally. And so each one of our campuses are teaching live from that campus. And we've tried to talk about things that are really going to kind of be outside of a series. We call it like a standalone message that can help us in this series, in this day that we're in today. And one of the ways we wanted to start today, many of you heard it that are right here with us. Some of you online missed this, but we want to say thank you. We get that it's the middle of Thanksgiving and all that goes with that, but one of the things about being on staff here, we say this all the time, we enjoy working here, but we love getting to come to church here. And so we just love that because of you. It's not about the building, it's about you guys that are watching online and you that are here. Thank you for making this such a special place for us to get to work and for us to get to go to church. Um, I love that this is the church that my kids know as their church. And so that's because of you, so thank you for that. Hey, I want to ask you a question, and I love this little idea. It's the idea of what is your go-to, right? You've all got a phrase that when the conversation kind of gets quiet, you've got a little word that you're like, it's like your go-to word, you know. Maybe it's a a restaurant. You've got a go-to restaurant when you go, where are we going to go? You know, it's about to be lunchtime when we leave here. What's from, well, of course, we'll go to our go-to. For us, me and my family, on Friday night, our go-to is Pepito's, right? We got any Pepito's fans in the house? Okay, right? We get the fajitas, split it between us, get the cheese dip. We're out of there for $32. You can't beat it, right? Maybe it's your Christmas tree, right? you got a go-to place to get your Christmas tree. We went just yesterday, got our Christmas tree. We go to Smith Christmas Tree Farm out here in Jones County, get our Christmas tree. Then you got a go-to movie when it comes to the holidays, right? Maybe for you, it's um, Die Hard, you know? Maybe it's a Hallmark movie. Maybe it's for us. Last night, we watched The Grinch, Right? It's the one that we lean into. When the holidays come, there's some traditions, there's some things that you do just because it's the holidays, it's your go to things. What I want to do today is I want to give you a verse. I want you to have a go to verse that you can lean into when the holidays hit. And many of you, the holidays are some of the toughest times of the year. And this verse, my hope for you, is almost like a guardrail. That it's going to help you get through this season and not help you kind of from from getting off the road to the left or to the right. Because you've got a go-to verse that's on your mind, that's on your heart, that's going to lead you through for what many of us is a really difficult time. So you guys join me. We're in Colossians and it's real simple. It's just two verses. Colossians 2, 6, and 7. If you've got the app, you can jump on there. You'll see all the notes. You'll see the scripture. It'll be on the screens. But this is going to be our go-to verse to help us have a plan to survive the holidays. Here we go. Verse 6, it says, so then, I love this, so then it's the holidays. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Be rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And then finally, be overflowing with thankfulness. Now here we go, three things to help us not lose our minds in the holidays. The first thing he says is to be rooted in him. I love the idea of rooted, right? You start thinking think about, tell me your roots, you know, and then we do this in the deep south. It's like, oh, I'm from, you know, Lamar County, and you start talking about Lamar County and who you knew at Lamar County and how you went to Oak Grove, and when did you graduate Oak Grove? And I had a friend from Oak Grove. or, Oh, no, you know, I'm from North Mississippi. Well, where in North Mississippi are you from? Oh, I'm up here. Well, where'd you go to school? Oh, I went to this school. And we start talking about our roots, and before long, when we start talking about our roots, we find common ground. These are the people that loved us, that raised us. Now, some of you, when you think about your roots, you're like, oh, I don't want to go back there. I want to do things differently than I was raised. That's okay. But what's happening in this text is Paul is watching this church, and he's saying, hey, I see what's going on. He said, there's some false teachers that have come to this church in Colossae, and they've, they've taken you off track a little bit. It's a false teacher, the God of sex and the God of music and the God of money. And Paul's watching this happen, and he's pleading with his people that make up this little community. saying, no, 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 go back to your roots. Remember, you made a decision to follow Christ. And remember, when you made that decision, you believed in who He was and how He died for you and how He has grace for you and how He has a plan for you. And He's begging His people and He's watching them. He's saying, no, be rooted. Be rooted in who you are in Christ. Not be rooted in the feelings you get around the holidays. And what happens over these next few weeks is everything about the world begins to tell us how to feel and what we need to do and how we have to have just the right Christmas tree and how we have to have just the right gifts and how you have to come up with just the right thing to give your mother-in-law so that you can be approved and liked and loved and how you have to have just the right gift to give uh, to whatever family member and you start feeling all this pressure and all this anxiety. And the next thing you know, you've kind of gotten off track and you've missed the whole thing. And what Paul is saying is, hey, listen, none of that is going to get you through. And he's watching the people saying, don't chase after these different things that have come your way. Instead, be rooted. Be rooted in who God says you are, not in the holidays. Be rooted in that you know your identity is in Christ, not in the gifts that you give. So your value is not in your tree. It's not in the size of the meal and the number of people that are at your home on Christmas Eve. Say, man, no, no, be rooted in who God says you are. You're my son, you're my beloved, you're my daughter. I'm well pleased with you. I'm well pleased with you no matter what gift you give. No matter how it goes with the first Christmas as a married couple, you are mine, I have a plan for you. He says, be rooted. Now start thinking about this because when you see a big tree down in the the, the woods and you see the different roots coming off of that tree, how can you grow deeper? How can you have the roots that can help you make it through the holidays? I think there's several things we can do. The first thing... Is we've got to find biblical community. Now, if you've, if you've been at Venture since we started house churches, we have, we have, it's almost like you're getting tired of hearing this. Because we've said it week after week. And, and I get that. I understand that. But the idea here is, man, if you get isolated, and COVID's done that to us, it's isolated us. It's, it's really easy. I've, I've talked to so many people that say, hey, since COVID, we haven't been back. And, man, it's starting to get bad. My marriage is not where it used to be. And my kids were involved in student ministry and KXP, And they're not anymore. And we just, we just feel like we've missed it. We're isolated. We're kind of under attack. And it's because you're alone. And, and, and COVID's made it difficult on that. I understand the hesitation. But the idea is, man, I want to get you connected with some people. I want you to find people in your life that you, that you enjoy, that you can just be honest with and say, hey, the holidays are hard for me. Just to be transparent and be honest and say, hey, the holidays give me a lot of anxiety. If you try to push through these next month just on your own and being the perfect wife and the perfect daughter-in-law, or if you're single and you're trying to make it through this season all alone and you feel lonely, or if you're a grandparent and you're trying to take care of everybody's needs and be the grandmother everybody wants to see, it's really difficult. And I just want to be honest with you. It's okay if it's a struggle. It's a struggle for us all. We're just not willing to say it. And the thing that you can do to grow deeper roots is just to be transparent, to be honest with someone to say, this is difficult for me. And then when you say it, all of a sudden you go, oh, oh, you, you don't even know, man. I, listen, it's hard for me because my family's divided. And, oh, you don't even know. I never get the right gift over here. And you begin to talk. You find biblical community. Second thing you can do to have deeper roots to help you get through this is ask advice from people that you trust. I love this. It's one of the, one of the most fun things Katie and I have done is we, we, we took some people out to dinner who had older kids, and we asked them for advice. It was when we just had our, we first, had our, first, our first little boy, and we asked them, say, hey, how did, you, how did you raise your kids the way you did? Like, we had seen the end result. We knew their kids, and they were great kids. They loved the Lord. And we said, hey, what was your secret? Like, how did you handle the holidays with your kids? How did you handle the holidays with your in laws? How did you create some special moments with your family, but then also include the other side of your family? You know, how many gifts do you give? How much money? I mean, just questions that you can ask people who do the holidays well or that you trust. Listen, if you're single, what a great question to ask someone to say Hey, I've been watching you in the holidays and you seem to handle the holidays really well. What's your secret? How do you do that? If you've got little kids and you don't want to kind of lose focus, I mean, listen, this is hard. It's something we've struggled with. But how do you keep kind of Christ the center of this whole thing? How have you main focus on that? How have you helped your kids understand that Christmas is about Christ? And, and ask these questions and get advice from people that you trust. Number three, and this is really hard, remember that the holidays aren't all about you. You talk about a pandemic. I mean, COVID's a pandemic, but selfishness is maybe a bigger pandemic. I love this definition of empathy. I want to share this with you. It says it's the identification with and the understanding of another's situation, another's feelings, another's motives. Now, I struggle with this. My wife is so much better at this. I'm not good at empathy, right? I'm not good. My kids get sick, they want her around. It's because I'm, I'm not as good at understanding those feelings. One of the things that you can do to grow deeper roots, to make it through this season, is to begin to try to understand the things that the people that we love are feeling. And again, I struggle with this, but I want to try to understand all the things that my wife is doing to make Christmas great. You want to try to understand the way that your parents feel that are now home alone at the holidays. And when we begin to understand some of that, we begin to have deeper roots and we begin to be able to share and encourage them. Finally, the last thing to grow deeper roots to help you make it through this season is to be in Scripture. This one's real practical. It seems kind of simple, but it's not about a check mark for that day. It's a bigger idea that you want to find one verse to be kind of a boundary for you for that day. One verse to be something you can hang your hat on, your hope on, that will keep you from getting off the rails for that day. Just one simple scripture that is your verse to help you navigate and make it through that day and the struggles that come with it. Hey, the plan's changed. Hey, I can't find the right gift. Hey, they're acting this way. I couldn't tell from that phone call what's going on. You've got that one verse. That's the banner for you that day that keeps you solid. It keeps you anchored in on who you want to be. It's the idea we're going to begin with the end in mind. I love the way many of you know Bo and Catherine Pennebaker. And Bo leads... Bo and Catherine lead one of our house churches. And in their particular house church, uh, if you know them, they've got middle school and high school kids. And one of the things that Bo does in a group me with all the people in their house church, and, it's this, and the, you know, the, the kids' numbers are in there as well that have phones that are in high school, is he puts the Bible reading plan in there. And, and they'll all write back, you know, hey, you just read the Bible reading plan, here's the one that stood out to me. Or they'll put a little check mark, hey, I read the Bible reading plan. And I was talking to him, I was like, Bo, why is that important? Why are you doing that? He said, because when they go off to college, If I can get them in Scripture, then I'm going to feel so much better about their first year in college because they're going to be rooted in Scripture. Boy, when you start thinking about the holidays, if that's true for when you go off to college, that is so true for these next few weeks. If we can get you rooted in Scripture, then at the end of this, you're going to look back and go, I never lost my mind. I never lost hope. I never got off track because every day I was rooted in Scripture and who God says I am. So number one, if we're going to make it through, we've got to develop roots. The second thing that Paul would say that he's telling his people as he's watching them chase after these things, he's saying, would you watch your sight? Would you lock in on me and not all the different distractions that are around you? And now i got a great illustration for you to help you with this. I want you to see this. Check out this little uh, picture right here. And obviously when you see that, it's clearly a, a frog, right? But if we take this picture, same picture, and we just turn it, and look at it from a different perspective, it's a, it's a horse. Same picture, we didn't change the picture, we just changed the way we looked at it. Listen, when it comes to the holidays, this is so important, this is so good. The world wants you to see everything about the parties and the celebrations and the trees and the to-do list and the angst and the stress and the family gatherings and the real message, the same picture, is that this is the moment that Jesus came. This is the season that we celebrate that there's a solution to our sin. This is the time that we get to celebrate that Jesus has come for us, that he saw us, that he sees us. And he offers a solution so that we can be in eternity with him. It's the gift of Christmas. If we're not careful, it's like there's two different things going on all up in the same picture. And if I'm not careful what I've noticed about me is I begin to gaze wherever my heart goes my eyes go and I get gazy about the things of the world and I just glance over here at what Jesus is doing I get I'm telling you I got a friend that just got a brand new truck four wheel drive it's beautiful it's silver I mean right off the lot GMC and I'm gazy I mean I am watching that truck And I'm so intent on that truck and what that looks like that I miss a chance to to see and to glance and to be gazy about what Jesus is doing. And if we're not careful, over these next few weeks, we will be gazy about the tree and about the gifts, how they got to be perfect. And about who's coming over for Christmas and about the plans and the logistics. And we'll just glance over here at the fact that this is when we celebrate that, that we have a solution to our problem, which is sin. But this is when Jesus came and what he's done for us. I want you to be careful not to be gazy about the wrong things. Psalms 119.37 says, Turn my eyes away from the worthless things. Man, what if we just let that be our verse for today? Listen, for these next few weeks, the things that are worthless, I'm going to turn my eyes away from those. The mistakes that I've made in the past. The way I've ruined past Christmases. The things I wish I would have done or I could have done, the mistakes, the things in my life that I keep looking at and I keep gazing at, they are worthless now. And instead, I'm going to choose in this moment to be gazy about the cross. To let that be the thing that captures my eyes is his grace for me and his love for me. I'm going to shift my focus. Number three, it says, choose to be thankful. Paul says, listen, I've got a recipe for you. And I love this right at Thanksgiving because this makes perfect sense. You've got your recipe. For us, it's, it's the cornbread. I mean, it's the dressing. We've got the dressing recipe that was handed down from generation. We make that recipe. We follow it. Paul said, I got I've got a recipe for you. And if you'll follow this recipe, you'll be able to be thankful in a season that's really difficult. He says, the first one, you already heard it, be rooted in who I am. Be rooted in what I say about you. Grow deep roots. Next, he says, put your gaze on me. And if you'll lock eyes with me and who I am and not be distracted by all the different gods that are coming after you, all the different messages. He says, then and only then can you be thankful. If you're rooted in Christ, if you'll set your gaze on Jesus, then the next thing you know, you'll have a thankful heart. You go, listen, that's easy for you, man. You got kids still at home. You know, your wife's doing all this. You guys are together. You're married. You've got a job right now in the midst of COVID. I see how you can be thankful But that's not me. Well I I didn't I didn't write this. Paul did. And we look at Paul when he wrote this he was not drinking hot chocolate by the Christmas tree. He was in jail, chained up, alone. And he says the only way that I made it was I stayed rooted and I kept my eyes on Jesus and the plans that he has for me no matter what the distractions are, no matter how many times the plans change, That's where I found hope. Now, here's what I want to do because this is fun. I want to first give you a plan. All right, we talked about that. If we're going to survive the holidays, we got to first put some oxygen on ourselves, right? We got to stay rooted. We got to keep our eyes on Him. And then the next thing you know, that will result in thankfulness. But now, going forward, how can we help the people that we love the most? Right? Like, if we're going to survive, that's good. But we've also got people in our life that we love dearly. And we want to offer them some help. We want to give them some hope for the holidays. And so here's how I want to end today. I want to give you three things you can do for the people that are in your life that you love the most to help them make it through what for many of them is such a difficult time. First thing is this. Always be looking for one thing in someone else's life worth praising. Some of you are like, I'm glad you said one thing. I can't think of two in some of the people I know. That's okay. That's okay. We only need one. Parents, listen, I love this. Parents are prophets. Find one thing in someone's life that you're going to do the holidays with that's worth praising. I heard this. I love this. I heard the podcast of a guy in his 80s, and he was talking about choosing to be thankful. And he said it was one of his leadership lessons that he was wanting to pass down is this idea of thankfulness. And he said the key for him, the way that he does it is he'll, he'll set the compliment just above somebody and where they are. So, I've got a sixth grader, and so I'm going to, begin to tell him he's going to be an amazing seventh grader. If, if listen, you just, you, you, you're a parent out there and your kids just got married, say, so listen, you're going to be an amazing wife. You're going to be an amazing husband. You find out your children, they're pregnant, expecting the first, you're going to be an amazing dad. You're going to be an amazing mom. Right? It's this idea that we're going to put the praise right there, and you'll raise up. You'll rise up to that level of praise. The, the, the catch is, are we willing to share? Are we willing to encourage? And I started thinking about why we don't. And I think it's two reasons. One is the time that it takes. For, for me to notice something in your life, it takes time for me to watch. And we don't, we don't want to stop and give time. And then it's, it's pride. Because sometimes for me to give you a compliment, it's like a competition. And we don't have quite the confidence to tell someone else what a great job they're doing as a wife because we feel like it puts us down as a wife or a mom. Or maybe we don't have quite the confidence to tell our son what a great job he's doing as a son because we made some mistakes at his age, too. And so we hold back. Now, here's the problem. To the extent that you withhold, you leave a hole. You with me? Think about it. I, I, I love I, I can just see it, right? To the extent as a parent that you withhold compliments and encouragement, you leave a hole, a gap in their life. Listen, I'm so blessed to have a dad that spoke to me in ways that encouraged me. I'm so blessed to have a father-in-law that encourages me. But men, we're really bad at this. We're terrible at this. And this is your chance walking into the holidays. You will make a difference in your family's life. Bigger than any gift that you could give. If you would just give them the gift of your words to speak up and say you're doing an amazing job as a dad. To speak up and say, I'm so proud of you. Listen, just speak it. Say it. I know know your hesitation. Listen, that's just not who we are. We don't really use words. My dad didn't encourage me, so I don't encourage them. No. This is your chance not to leave a hole in their life that they're going to fill with someone else's words. If you've got a daughter, this is your chance to speak into her. Listen, grandparents, kids alike, you can speak back to them and say, hey, thank you for the way that you did this. Thank you for the way that you raised me and encouraged me. Let this be the year that you give the gift of your words. Second thing you can do for people that you love is to trade places with someone. We talk about the idea of empathy. Let this be the season that, listen, as a parent, instead of calling and putting pressure on your kids as to when they're going to get here, remember when you had children and all the things that were going on, how you had a list that was a mile long, and give them the gift of empathy just to say, hey, listen, we love you. Take your time. Maybe if you're a kid right now and you're have got, and you a student or you're single and you've got people in your life, your parents, that are now alone, that used to do Christmas with a house full of people and now they're by themselves, you have the chance to reach out to them and invite them into your world. Do they need to be there for the whole thing? No. Do you need boundaries? Of course. But this is your chance to also include them. Give them that gift of saying, hey, I can't imagine what it's like now. I know this is different. We love you. Come be a part of some things. This idea that if you're going to be willing to trade places to see them where they are and to be willing to invite them in. One of the best things that ever happened uh, to me as a father was early on when we had our kids. Katie was working on Fridays, and I had to keep the kids on Fridays. And every other day of the work, every other day of the week, I really didn't care if they took a nap. On Friday, I understood how important nap time was. You see how that changed? Yeah, what they eat and how big a deal that was when they woke up or when they went to bed or what we did or where we could go. All of that was, was, was kind of noise until Friday. And then it was so important, and it began to help me understand the, the struggle of what was going on. I said, would you, would you just lean into that? And I'm, I'm so bad at this. I'm trying to get better at this because I know everything that goes on for the holidays is endless if you've got a young family. And I wanted this to be the time that I lean into that, that I understand that. Same way, maybe it's a different role for you. Maybe you're leaning in to understand the anxieties and the work that's going on or whatever that is, whatever role you need to switch with, but trade places for a season, for a day, just to understand and give the gift of empathy to the people that you love. Finally, the last thing, and it's really simple. We made this one really easy for you. One of the most powerful things you can do for someone over this holiday season is invite them to come join you. I love this series. It's at the movies. And if you were to look around this room and you were to poll people, I get to ask people this all the time. When did you start coming to Venture? Here's what they say. Easter, came for the first time, Christmas, or at the movies. Anybody is willing to come for the movies. You can't even go to the movies right now. And this is their chance to bring their family in and see this. This is a series that we do to invite other people in. And if we're not careful, we'll start to think, I wish they'd have picked a different movie it's not about what movie we pick it's about that this is a season that you and I can invite people to come in and experience something they've never experienced this series for so many people, and I love this, we're about to sing about it is A Waymaker it's a moment for them to see that there's a way for them to get back into a place where they can be a part of a community now I want you to do this, I want you to stand up and, and we're going to close in just a minute with a song I love a song, and uh, Lacey does such a great job singing the song about Waymaker but I want you to think because you know, Christmas, is, this is kind of the whole idea the fact that Jesus came and he, he made a way for you and me. And as we sing this song, would you just sing out and kind of for a moment before we lose it with the holidays, before the list takes over, before we even get into December good, and celebrate that we have a way and that Jesus is the way for you and me. And we got to start with our hearts by giving Him praise for that. And then next, here's what I want you to do in the matter of this song two things. Number one, thank Him for being the way. Number two, think about who we need to invite. Who God's put on your heart to say, this is the series for you to come. Come check out one of these movies. And next thing you know, God's going to use this as a way maker to change their marriage, to change their family, to change their life. Use this song to pray for them, to ask for the courage to speak to them. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.